So we didn't actually make that video. We just left the camera recording in my house for like a week. That's what was going on right there. But man, it's so easy to get stressed out, isn't it? Man, life is hard. There's so much going on in all of our lives. It's so easy to get stressed out. And there's people stressing out all kinds of stuff. Some people are stressing over, over things that they're debating. You know, there's people out there debating, oh, I like this president we have. I don't like this president we have. Or, you know, fighting over foreign trade or foreign policy and all these kinds of things. But I have found the most divisive thing going on right now that people are stressed about and arguing about is absolutely candy corn. There's no doubt that candy corn is right up there. Um, a few weeks ago, I was at community group at my house. And and we had this little jar of candy corn, and Joe Aguila and I dug into that thing like it was the last thing of candy corn on planet Earth. We just were like shoveling it down, and it started this whole fight in our community group about whether corn, community, or community corn, all right, hey, why not, right? Why not? Here at Living Word Church, we just invented community corn. Enjoy that, all right? But we started debating about whether the fact candy corn is from Jesus or Satan. And so we're having this whole conversation, not really, but, but if it was good or bad. And I was really surprised to find out that more people were against it than for it. So let's do a little test here. If you like candy corn, just raise your hand right now here in the room. Okay, if you don't like candy corn, raise your hand here. And this is the problem with our society right here. It's the candy corn haters, okay? Now the reason we even had candy corn in the first place was because my wife said our youngest son needed it for something at school. And so I kind I kind of played it cool because if I'm honest, I really love candy corn and I kind of like made it just like, oh, okay, I'll go run out to Walgreens and get it on the inside. I was like, yes, you know? And so I went there, I grabbed it, I brought it back. And the truth is that that candy corn, I bought that as much for me as it was for him. And the reality is in this series, guys, I'm telling you, just being honest with you where I'm at in life, this series is as much for me as it is for you. As I'm just going through some stressful stuff too. As we all have those situations in our life, man, that are incredibly overwhelming at times, aren't they? And so here in this series, we're trying to talk about what to do with our stress, what to do with the issues in our life that would just overwhelm us. And so last week, I, I hoped and I prayed to just give you something really practical. I hope it helped you. I hope it was something that you were literally able to almost, you know, pick up and use in your week. And it was just this phrase last week, replace what you don't know about life with what you do know about God. Replace what you do not understand and what you don't know about all the situations in your life that are out of control. And instead of thinking about that and focusing on that, replace it with what you do know about God. I hope that served you this past week. I hope that helped you this past week. I know there were several times in this past week as I was going through my week, I just said, okay, replace what I don't know about life with what I do know about God. Replace what I don't know about life with what I do know about God. And man, it really helped me. And so I hope it helped you as well. But today I hope to give you a little bit more hope as we continue to battle stress in our lives. See, here's the deal. We all go through what I want to call storms, okay? Let's call those stress situations in our life storms tonight. And you know what happens in our life? Sometimes we see the storm kind of forming out there on the ocean of our life, you know? Like it hasn't fully hit us yet, but there's something going out there. It's a, the winds are starting to pick up, so to speak. The waves are starting to move a little bit out there. And it's like we can see, uh-oh, something might be coming. For example, you know, you put in the college application and suddenly the admissions office reaches out to you and they say, oh, you left off a page, and you look back, and you're, you, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, but one of the pages didn't print, I didn't send it in, and so you finally get it into them, then they lose it, then they get back to you, and man, you are two weeks behind now with your application. You start to see that storm begin to form out there on the ocean of your life. Maybe one of you guys, it's a relationship, man. The dating thing was going good, but they started getting weird. You know when people start to just kind of pull away a little bit, and you start to kind of feel that thing happen, and you're thinking, oh man, I have been through this before, I can't believe I'm about to go through this again. 
And you start to see that storm forming. It hasn't full on hit you yet, but it's out there and there's potential for that to happen. Or maybe you were driving to work, man, and suddenly somebody just ran into you and, you know, you were okay, but you just sit there going, all right, is this a new storm about to form? You know, is this going to turn into an issue? As I wake up tomorrow, how am I going to feel? And what's that going to mean for my finances and my insurance and all those types of things? And so we all have these different areas of our life where we start to see maybe the storm forming out there somewhere. Anybody ever walked into work and suddenly people start talking about, oh man, I don't know, they're cutting hours around here. Or you know what, there's this merger they're talking about or this acquisition that they're talking about. And suddenly we begin to really stress out. Somebody we care for is going through something difficult. And those, those ocean, the ocean is beginning to get a little bit rough out there. And some of us can pinpoint it. We can literally pinpoint it to a certain stressful situation in our life. But some of us, if we're honest, it's not like a thing, one thing, or even two things. We just overall feel swamped by life. And that leads to stress, you know? Like, so maybe you're swamped at school. Maybe you're swamped at work. Maybe you're swamped at school and work. Many of you in that stage of life right now, you're doing both. Maybe you're swamped at home. Maybe, you know, just trying to keep up with life. Some of us are a little older in the room. We got some kids, man. It gets a little crazy when you get kids. I'm just warning some of you guys here. When my third son or my third child was born, uh, suddenly my wife and I were greatly outnumbered. And it was like, okay, it's, it's three verse two now, you know? And we were shot, man. We were so exhausted. In fact, this one time I said, let me make a nice, I'll be a nice serving husband. Let me make my wife a sandwich. I was so exhausted. Look at this picture. I put chocolate syrup on the turkey sandwich instead of mayonnaise, right? I mean, those bottles kind of look alike, but you can't make that mistake, right? Come on. I was just so swamped and exhausted, and it wasn't good, just in case you're wondering. I didn't try it. I would not try that. But man, some of us are just feeling like everything just feels overwhelming, and maybe it's debt, or maybe it's finances, or maybe it's a relationship, and it just feels like everywhere you look, there's just something. It's not necessarily there's this one or, these one or two things that are monumental. It's just these, all these things that are kind of small, but man, they sure add up, don't they? And you begin to feel swamped and stressed. And so what do you do? You see, here's what happens to so many of us. We often, in this place, we believe something. We believe that if we are in a storm, we have to be stressed. If I'm in a storm, I have to be stressed. And the only way to avoid the stress is to avoid the storm. You know, So if I can avoid it, great, I'll avoid the stress. Or if I'm in the storm, I have to get out of it before I can have peace. But I want to tell you today, I don't think any of that's true. I think that's what we believe. I think that's often what we experience. You know, Oh, what's wrong with him? Oh, well, he's going through a lot. Oh, okay, so he's acting stressed. Got it. Oh, what's wrong with her? Oh, man, did you hear what's going on in her life, man? Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, that's why she's acting that way. Okay, so the storm is equaling stress. I want to tell you tonight, guys, storms don't have to equal stress. They don't have to. We let them very often. And sometimes it feels like it's all we can do to keep on fighting. And trust me, I get it. But so often, as we're sitting there watching the storms kind of form out on the ocean of our life, we sort of allow stress or even sometimes choose stress in the midst of those difficult situations and all that life is throwing at us. I remember when I was a kid, I was at the doctor's office and they used to do this test. I don't think they do it anymore because I've never seen my kids get it. But they used to take this real sharp little thing and prick your finger 
Oh my gosh, it hurts so bad as a tiny little kid. I remember being so upset about that. And then a year goes by and my mom goes, we gotta go back to the doctor and get that test again. And I remember being a little stressed out Doug Jansen like at five, you know? And I was thinking about this and I'm like for weeks, like I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go. Do you know what happened? I went, I had the test and then it ended. It hurt for like a minute. But it ended. And I think so often the problem in our life is we're struggling in that anticipation phrase as we're watching what could be and what may happen one day in our life. And so where are you guys in all this? Is it a, like a thing or two you can pinpoint? Like, Doug, you don't even have to ask me what I'm stressed about. I know. Or maybe it's just, wow, I hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, man, I am swamped. I got so much going on and that is leading to a lot of stress. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you go through all the same stuff too, don't you? And tonight I want to talk to you about the only place I know to find peace. And so we're going to look through this, and we're going to talk about this idea of having to avoid the storm or get past the storm before we can be at peace. And we're going to try to see if we really can have peace either in the midst of the storm or before we're completely out. And so we're going to look at a story about Jesus today that's incredibly powerful. And here in this story, we're going to find, I think, the answers that we're looking for. We're going to find some hope today. And I'm so grateful that you and I are here today to be able to look at this and be able to say, wow, maybe there is a way I can get past some of this in my life. And so we're going to look at Mark chapter 4. And in verse 35, we see Jesus' followers were in this certain situation that we can identify with. It says this in 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. I want you to remember those words. Remember those words, let us go over to the other side. We're going to come back to that later. It says this, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. And here we go, verse 37, a furious squall came up. A furious squall. What is a squall? Okay, so on the Sea of Galilee where they were, to this day, if you went out there today, this still happens. This certain sea is famous for these quick storms that come up out of nowhere. Like, you know, you can kind of look at the sky sometimes and go, oh, it's going to be bad later today. You don't get that on the Sea of Galilee. I can explain all the science of you, but like one and a half of you care, so I won't get into it. But as you're on the Sea of Galilee, suddenly, man, you're just in it. And so the disciples are here, and suddenly they're just sort of in it, and, and they're, 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 the, the waves aren't hitting the boat yet, but it's like right there, and they're watching it form. And that's where some of us are in life. Suddenly, that thing came up out of nowhere, and we're watching it form over the ocean of our life. And we're starting to freak out a little bit, if we're honest. We're starting to stress a little bit about, a, about that, that college application. We're starting to stress a little bit about that dating relationship. We're starting to stress a little bit about that loved one that's going through a difficult season. We're starting to stress about that job, those rumors at work, and those things that we've been hearing. But here are the disciples watching this violent storm form. And here they are in this anticipation stage. And this is so often the stage that drives us crazy. If I could just say it this way, often the anticipation of the storm is worse than the storm itself, right? Often, as we're sitting there anticipating the storm, it is worse than when eventually we experience the storm finally catching up to us. And some of you are right there in that place today, anticipating, anticipating, watching, waiting, your mind's running. Joey talked a few weeks ago about how sometimes as we're in that moment, we're just fearing the worst and we're thinking about all those things that could go wrong. But often... That anticipation is worse than the storm itself. Goes on. It says, and the waves broke over the boat. So suddenly, now the storm is not out there anymore. The waves are breaking over the side of the boat now. 
I don't know if you guys have ever been in a boat where waves were breaking over the side of it. When I was first married, my mom and dad took us out to Colorado, my sister, her husband, and we went whitewater rafting. I actually have a picture. This is legit us. This is not off Google or anything like that. We got this picture of us. There we are in class five rapids, okay? Now, let me explain a little bit about this. Class one rapids is like, oh, they're so cute. Like, look at the little wavy things. Like, they're not even rapids, right? Class two is like, oh, okay, we're moving. Class three is like, wow. Class four is like, this got real. Class five is, Jesus, I will see you soon. Like, that's how this all plays out. There's a whole chart up on the bus and the thing as you go. But they um, gave me a wetsuit, and this is when I should have just given up. They gave me a wetsuit, told us to go change. I come out, everyone's laughing at me. Like, what do you love? I put it on backwards. I put the wetsuit on backwards. So I should have just given up right there. Then you got into a bus that was made in 1973. No offense to any of you who were made in 1973, but I didn't want to be a bus made that long ago. Then, as I'm sitting there, they begin to give out these consent forms. And the consent form basically says, you will die, please sign here. And then they tell us, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get in this raft, and what you need to do is wedge your leg under the seat behind you. Because they didn't say when, they said, or they didn't say if, they said when the raft flips, this way you will not go flying out. And so I'm sitting there, I got my leg wedged in, and I'm thinking I'm good, I'm looking for my wife, like, honey, you all right back there? I couldn't find her. She wedged her entire body underneath <laughs> the seat behind her. She's like, I'm going home to Jesus in this thing. All right, cool. And so we get out there, and the water was insane, man. I mean, the waves were crashing all over the place. It was so intense. And I just remember thinking in that moment, I literally hope we make it out of here. But can we just talk about that for a second, that we had paddles, we had life vests, we had helmets, we had backward uh, you know, wetsuits on, right? We had all this. The disciples are out there in a boat not meant to withstand this with none of that. And this furious squall, this storm has come up and the waves are crashing down on them. And this is you in the point of your situation when the storm is not forming out there anymore, now the waves are crashing on the boat. So the college not only did not have all the application stuff they needed at the right time, now they got back to you and they denied your application. And the relationship thing out there that you thought was coming, yeah, yeah, you got the text. They didn't even call. They didn't take you, they didn't take you to Starbucks and, and let you down like they should have. They just hashtagged you, you know? <laughs> Hashtag it's over, right? I mean, some of you guys, man, all right, you woke up the day after the car accident. Man, what is going on back here? I can't, I can't even stand up. Wow, the merger went through at work. They, they really were cutting hours. I got like 90 days to find a new job. What, what am I going to do now? And now the waves are crashing down on the boat. And then it says this, so that it was nearly swamped. There's our word. Swamped. That's what describes so many of us in this room right now. I just feel so swamped at school, at work, at home, with debt, with finances. I just feel so incredibly overwhelmed. And then I love verse 38. This is so awesome. You ready for verse 38? Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. I love that the word cushion is in there. Because I just, I picture Jesus, right? He's got this cushion. There's some kind of floral pattern sewn into it. It's some tassels hanging off the end of that thing. It's not like he just fell asleep on the side of the boat or he's like laying on an anchor. He is nestled in, sleeping during this storm. Do you know what this tells me? This tells me that you don't have to be stressed out in your storm. This breaks that whole myth that storms equal stress. Because think about it, Jesus was in the same storm the disciples were, but he wasn't stressed out. 
Jesus was in the same environment, but he was living in a whole different world, asleep on a cushion. And that speaks to me, because when I struggle with stress, I often struggle with sleep. You know, I fall asleep late at night. I think I told you guys a little bit about this last week, right? I fall asleep, you know, and I'm doing all right. And, and then I, I wake up for, for one of my first out of my seven bathroom trips. After you hit 40, guys, it's just a whole thing, okay? And so you hit t- TMI right there. And so you hit your first out of your seven. And as soon as I'm, you know, walking to the bathroom, I'm thinking about this situation and that situation. And what about them? And what about, I hope they're okay. And what about the finances for that? And, and man, and, and so that Jesus is like sleeping in the storm, is so encouraging to me. I don't know if any of you guys struggle with that as well. Then it says this, the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, Matthew tells us the same story, but he adds a part. And he says that the disciples ran to Jesus and not only said that, but then they said this, Lord, save us. Okay, so On the one hand, the disciples are doing the right thing by running to Jesus and saying, Lord, save us. My question for you tonight is, are you running to the Lord with your stress? Are you running to the Lord with your storms? As you're swamped, as the waves are hitting the side of your boat, as it's forming even out there, are you beginning to bring those situations to Jesus? But the problem with the disciples in this situation is they kind of had an attitude, didn't they? Like, you know, don't you even care? Don't you even care about what I'm going through? And here's the thing we have to learn, guys. When we approach Jesus in our storm, either we approach him in fear or in faith, right? Either we approach him with, don't you care, or we approach him with faith. I know you care. I know you're the Savior. I know you care about my situation. I know you care about my finances. I know you care about my heart that's broken right now because this relationship thing in it. I know you care about all of that. And so are you approaching Jesus in fear or faith? It's great that we go. And as we see here in the story, Jesus is merciful even when we approach him in fear. But I want to encourage you and I to instead learn how to approach him in faith and expectation, knowing that he is with us in our darkest hour. It goes on. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Can you imagine that? you imagine what that must have looked like? And if I could encourage you guys tonight, I just want to tell you, I believe that there's a time in every one of our lives when Jesus gets up on the boat of our life and looks at the wind and the waves in our lives and yells out, Quiet, be still. You have gone far enough. Some of you guys here are in the middle of it. I just want to encourage you, your storm won't last forever. That there is a time Jesus silences the wind and the waves. And he does allow us at times to go through that storm. But there's also the moment when he comes through. And there's the moment when he shows his authority and his power. And he flexes his muscles, so to speak. And there's an end to it. And so don't lose heart. And then he says this in verse 40. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Are you kidding me, Jesus? Why am I so afraid? I'm afraid because I'm in a storm, and we saw it starting out there, and now the boat is about to sink, and it's all swamped, and the waves came crashing down on us. What do you mean, why am I so afraid? And you and I might think that's sort of a dumb question. Jesus, isn't it obvious why I'm afraid? Don't you see all that I'm going through here? Don't you know that the college denied my application? Don't you know that I got into the car accident? Don't you know that they dumped me? Don't you know about my work situation? What's Jesus getting at here? It's right here. 
He says this, he says, do you still have no faith? Now that seems a little bit harsh. What do you mean do I still have no faith? That seems rough, Jesus, you're trying to kick me when I'm down? Do I still have no faith? Why does Jesus ask this? Do you know why he asked this? Because right before the disciples got in that boat with Jesus, do you know what Jesus did? He healed a man with leprosy on the shore. He healed a man who was paralyzed on the shore. He cast demons out of people on the shore. He literally had the town bringing every sick person they could find, and he healed every last one of them. And then they get on the boat, and the storm hits, and they get scared. Why does Jesus say this? I think what he's trying to do is say, guys, in the middle of the storm next time, remember the ways I've rescued you in the past. Remember the ways you've seen me come through. Did you guys forget what I did on the shore? See, I think that's a huge key for you and me. We have to, at the moment when we are stressed out, remember how God rescued us in the past. That's a big deal for you and me. And so we're looking at the wind and the waves, and we're going, okay, God, I was in this boat once before. What did you do then? How did you get me through then? How did you come through then? There's this one time where Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children, all kinds of bread, uh, bread and fish, and he multiplied it all, and just this miracle was just like a few things he had originally, right? And then the very next chapter, he, he does it for 4,000 men plus women and children. And then the disciples and him get on a boat a different time, and Jesus mentions something about bread, and they go, oh man, is he mad that we didn't bring bread? And Jesus literally says to them, guys, do you still think I have a bread problem? Like, have you not learned that I got this, Right? And so what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, guys, in the midst of the storm, you've got to remember, you've got to remember the ways I've come through for you in the past. You've been in storms before, and didn't I get you through them then? You don't have to be stressed out. And can we also remember, back in verse 35, remember I asked you to remember something? I asked you to remember when Jesus initially told them to get in the boat what he said. Do you remember what he said? He said, let's go over to the other side. Remember that? Let's go over to the other side. You know what he didn't say? Let's get into the boat and drown in the middle of the sea. Right? He said, let's go over to the other side. What's happening right now? The disciples are doubting God's word to them. Right? In the middle of this situation, man, it would have been so awesome if one of them said, hey, wait a minute. We don't have to fear right now because Jesus said, let's go to the other side, not let's sink in the middle. And some of us here, man, we have got to learn to cling to the word of God. God's word to us in the middle of those storms in our lives. For me, I've begun to learn there's a difference between time when I feel kind of stressed out and a time when this is like a straight up attack on my life of stress. Like the enemy's just coming at me with stress and discouragement. And usually those two are kind of linked together. And you know, as I'm in those situations, what I have learned is the one thing that gets me free from that kind of an attack is the word of God. It's God's word to me. And this is me like opening up the word of God. I'm not looking for a verse. I'm going to immerse myself. I'm going to sit with that Bible open and I'm going to go chapter after chapter after chapter until that thing breaks because I'm reminded in those chapters of God's word who he is and who I am in him and that he's with me and that he's faithful and that he won't let me go. And so we've got to In the middle of all that, we've got to go back to what God's word is to us. When we're stressed, we need to remember God's word to us. So we need to remember what he's done to get us out in the past, and we need to remember his word to us. When I was in college, 
my senior year, I came home one day and I, I never forget my parents were sitting on the patio in the back of the house and I said, Mom, Dad, I've been going to school for three years and about a month now and I want to stop. It was like every parent's worst nightmare, right? And I wasn't really sure what my plan was. I was like, I don't know, man. I'll come home. I just don't want to be upstate anymore. I'm just done with this whole school experience. I just want to come home. I didn't know what I was going to do if I was going to find another school. Online schooling wasn't around yet. I'm that old. Shut up. And uh, so there I was in this really, really difficult situation. And I remember my parents were saying, Doug, we got to pray about this. And I remember going back to school, and I was just in the most horrific turmoil. I had like constant nausea. I felt so sick to my stomach. I just didn't want to be there anymore. I felt like I needed to leave. I felt like I couldn't hear what God was saying to me. And I remember one night I literally took a Bible. I opened it up to one of the Psalms and I just put it on my stomach to try to like osmosis peace in there. And I like tried to fall asleep and it didn't work. Just so you know, if you're thinking about trying Doug's scheme, okay, it didn't work because God's word doesn't have to penetrate my abs or my flabs in my case. It has to penetrate my heart, my mind, and my soul, right? And I'm telling you, when I have sort of that stressful attack come on me, the only thing that gets me through it is the word of God. And God's word to you is always available. And so, when you are in the middle of that boat, you got to remember what Jesus said to you. You got to remember that he's faithful. You got to remember what he did in the past. You got to remember his word to you because it is your hope. Goes on. Verse 41. They were terrified. Remember what Jesus just did? Jesus just stilled a sea and silenced a storm. And the winds disappeared. So they're terrified and ask each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Guys, I just want to remind you today, we have a really big God. A really, really big God who silences the wind and the waves in our lives. I was thinking a while back when I was about 18 years old, um, I was a youth leader. I was like a youth volunteer at my dad's church. Okay? And he was the youth pastor, and it was a really big church. There were all these pastors on staff. And so I was a volunteer, and I loved it. I just had the best time with the kids. I had zero stress, zero responsibilities. If I did something that got a parent upset, my dad got the phone call. It was awesome, you know? And so I don't care. We're doing all kinds of stupid stuff with the kids. And how come the kids are playing the dodgeball in the dark with strobe lights? Oh, dad, it's my dad. I don't know, you know? Oh, that was my idea. Yeah, okay. You know, I, mean, I just had such a good time hanging out with the kids. There was zero stress. But then I became a youth pastor at my dad's church. And they'll look at a little bit of weight, you know? Oh, that is my fault now if somebody gets hurt playing dodgeball with strobe lights, right? We weren't throwing the strobe lights, by the way. We were throwing balls, okay? But I, I, I'm like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit stressed out about some of this stuff. And I began to feel some of the weight. But my dad was still there, you know, kind of to shoulder some of that. And then I came here, and I was the youth pastor here for a while. And Pastor Ravone would shoulder a lot of the weight. And then started this Sunday night service and, and started pouring into college students and young adults. And man, there was some more weight with that. There was some more stress that kind of came along with more responsibility. And then a few years ago, Pastor Ravone and I transitioned and I became the lead pastor. And man, there was all this weight and there was all this stress. And I just recently, about, I don't know, two or three months ago, I remember just saying, man, I wish like my dad could just shoulder some of this weight again. I wish Pastor Ravone could shoulder some of this weight again. I wish I had somebody in my life who could shoulder this weight. And I didn't hear an audible voice of God, never have, but I just felt like God speak to my heart. Like, I can, 
Like, I can shoulder the weight. You can trust me with it. In fact, Doug, if you, if you remember in Scripture, I had Peter remind you that you can cast all your anxiety on me because I care for you. Guys, we have a really big God, a God who silences the wind and the waves. He can handle the weight and the stress in my life and the weight and the stress in your life. If the wind and the waves obey Jesus, he can more than handle your stress. And so, yeah, man, life's hard, and life is stressful, and the college application thing, and the accident, and the relationship, and the finances, and all that, man, that's real. But we have a God who's bigger than it all. And it's so funny to me that the disciples started out afraid of the storm, and then when Jesus silenced the storm, they became afraid of him. And we can't be too hard on them, right? Can you imagine it's 4th of July, you're out on a boat with all your buddies, and you're just hanging out, and all of a sudden the furious squall comes up on the water, and your friend puts down his Dr. Pepper and his Doritos, and he stands up on the boat, and he goes, silence, and the thing just leaves? You'd be like, I'm out, Right? So we can't be too hard on them. But here's the thing. Guys, instead of being afraid of the power of God, we've got to embrace the power of God. We've got to run to the power of God. Because here's the thing about God. He's not just powerful. He's also love personified. And so, yeah, he is a big deal. But he also loves you more than you will ever know. So we go through storms, right? We go through stressful situations. And we believe so often that what we've got to do is avoid that storm We've got to get out of that storm so that we can be at peace. But are you seeing tonight that that is a straight-up lie? That you can be right in the middle of the storm and have peace? You don't have to hold your breath. You don't have to wait to breathe lightly until you get through the storm. You can have peace right here and right now. Because here's what I want you guys to see tonight. Peace isn't the absence of a storm. It's the presence of Jesus in the midst of it. Peace is not the absence of the storm. It's not you getting past the storm. It's when Jesus is right there in the middle of it with you. And you know what? You and I so badly need him there. Because the truth is what so many of us do and what the world around us does is with our stress, we try to just simply distract ourselves from it. And so, man, I'm so stressed out. I'm going to sit on the couch and watch 28 hours of Netflix. Cool, man. You know what? It's all right to watch Netflix once in a while. I would advise against 28 hours of it, but do you know what's going to happen when you hit power? Stress is still there. All right, man, so I got all my buddies, and we went down to the bar, man. We just drank until we couldn't even think straight, which meant I couldn't think about my stress either. Yeah, we all know where that leads. You see, we don't need distraction. We need freedom. We need a savior in the midst of the storm with us saying, you can be at peace right now. Somebody once asked an artist to draw a picture of peace. And we kind of all have an image in our mind of how that would turn out, right? Peace. Like if you could hang art on the wall that represented peace, what would that look like, right? And what so many people probably expected was was our good old buddy Bob Ross. Here he is with his happy clouds. Remember Bob Ross, right? Legit. So good, right? But you know what the artist did instead of that? The artist drew a scene that looked a lot like the one we read about tonight. There was a dark sky. There was lightning. There were huge waves. And up in the corner was a little cave with a little nest with a bird safe from the storm. That is peace. 
You see, Jesus is that cave. The scripture says he is a safe tower we can run into and find refuge. And so you don't have to be living in the perfect environment and the perfect circumstances to breathe easy. We've got to bring our storms to Jesus. We've got to stop trying to shoulder them. That's step one. If anybody in this room tonight, man, if you have not brought your storm to Jesus yet, whether it's out there still forming or it's smashing down the boat, swamping you, it is step one to bring him the storm and name that thing and say, Jesus, here's what's going on in my life. Not don't you care, but I know you care. I'm not going to come in fear. I'm going to come in faith. And as we're there, we breathe easy. We breathe easy, right? Because we remember how he got us out the last time and remember his word to us. Recently, I was thinking about a situation that I'm going through and I was like, man, I just can't wait until I'm past this. I can't wait till this is over so I can breathe easy. And I just realized I can breathe easy right now. I don't have to wait until this is over. I don't have to wait until I'm past the storm. I can take a deep breath right now. You know why? If Jesus is breathing easy, you can breathe easy too because he has you. I can guarantee you this, Jesus is not in heaven right now stressing out. He is not freaking out about the college application, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the loan. He is not freaking out. He sees it and he cares, but he's breathing easy, which means you can too. And so we remember how he's rescued you in the past and we remember his word to you. And you know what will happen if we do? We will walk with peace. We will walk even in the storms with peace. We will stop making it the point of our lives like everybody in the world around us to avoid all the storms and we'll learn how to be in the midst of the storm with our Savior, giving us all that we need in him. And just to close, there's a myth I have to put to rest. I think this is really important. You see, there's this myth out there that peace is all about a feeling or an emotion. You see, there is an emotional feeling aspect to peace. A lot of us would say, since I put my trust in Jesus, I've had a peace I can't explain, a peace I never knew before, right? That's true, and it's real. And about 90% of the time, that peace is an emotion. But do you know what, guys? When life gets to its nastiest and its most difficult, it's that 10% of the time where maybe we don't have the emotion of peace, but here is what peace is. Peace is saying, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, and I don't feel at peace, but I know God has me anyway. That's called peace. It's called peace when you can say, man, I'm kind of all messed up. My stomach's in knots about this or that, but I know God's going to get me through, and I know he is with me in the middle of this storm. About 12 years ago, I had this severe pain right here underneath my ribs, and I went to the doctor, and I was all worried about it. What's it going to be? And all the tests they did came back. There was no worries, and the doctor said, honestly, man, I think it's stress. And right around that time, there was a guy in our church, doesn't come here anymore, so no, it's not you. There was a guy in our church who was causing just a nightmare for me, man. He was texting, calling, writing letters, emails, just criticizing me, criticizing our church, criticizing my family, like my wife, like just making life miserable for me. And I actually named that pain after him. And so there's times still today, I'll be like, oh, my blank pain's back today. And I'm like, oh, all right. My wife knows what that means. You're not blank, though. Don't worry. It's not you. But I just remember continuing on in that time and going, man, I don't feel, I don't have the emotion of peace right now. What does that mean? Has God abandoned me? And it was in that time God's began to teach me, no, Doug, he has not, I've not abandoned you. 
You see, there's a peace that's not always about a feeling. There's a peace that's about a knowing. And that's what these followers of Jesus learned that day in the boat. Can you imagine how the scene would have gone differently if instead of approaching Jesus in fear, they had approached him in faith? So Jesus is sleeping on his cushion with his tassels. And all of a sudden, a little tap on the shoulder. Jesus, um, there's a storm out there, and it's bigger than us. And we're in trouble if you don't do something about it. But we know you are bigger. And we know you would care about that storm. And it's way bigger than us. And there's nothing we can do to silence it. And Jesus, we will die apart from you. But we know you have this storm. And we know you have the authority and the power to stop it. What a different scene. And that's the choice you and I have every time we're in the midst of a storm. And I know many of your stories. And I want you to know that, man, I so hurt with you for those things you're going through. I so walk through them with you. And I want to thank you for allowing me to know those stories so that I can bring them with you to Jesus. And I want you to find encouragement tonight in the fact that he is with you and that he has all power and authority to stop that storm before it kills you. And he is not going to let you drown. If you're a follower of Jesus, in the midst of the storm, you've got to remember how he's rescued you in your past. And you've got to remember his word to you. We're going to the other side of the lake. If you're not a follower of Jesus, the greatest peace you will ever know is peace with God. Is knowing there's nothing between you and him anymore. There's no sin. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. Like I read earlier in our worship time, Jesus was beaten in your place and crucified in your place and rose back from the dead to remove all that sin and all those weights so you could know him and you could know peace. And so if you want to put your trust in him tonight, I'll leave you a chance to do that in just a minute. But I hope you are encouraged tonight because the truth is storms don't have to equal stress. And peace isn't the absence of a storm. It's the presence of Jesus in the midst of it. Let's pray together. God, we are so grateful that we have a God who is for us and not against us. God, you have every right to be against us. But you're for us, not only in the sense that you want to give us peace, but you are for us in the sense that you rescued us from our trespasses and our sin that separated us from you. And God, we have no way of, of even thanking you for all that you've done. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you now bring your stress to him, bring your storm to him, whether it's the one out on the sea or it's the one that hit the, hit, is now hitting the side of the boat or it's feeling swamped and overwhelmed by a multitude of storms. Name it. And don't come in fear, come in faith. Not Jesus, don't you see, Jesus, I know you see my marriage falling apart. I know you see my addiction. I know you see those waves of anxiety that are crashing down. They're splintering my boat, Jesus. I know you see them. And you're my hope, God. And begin to name the ways he rescued you the last time you were in the boat. Jesus, the last time I was here, you provided for me, though I was in horrific debt. The last time I was in this boat, Jesus, 
you healed and restored the relationship. The last time I was in this boat, God, you rescued me and you healed my body. And remember his word to you. Like Joey reminded us a few weeks ago, he will never leave us or forsake us. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I would encourage you just to pray something like this quietly. Jesus, thank you so much for coming and being mocked in my place, beaten in my place, spit upon in my place. Thank you for allowing them, Jesus, to take your perfect hands and stretch them out and nail them to a cross in my place. Thank you for rising back from the dead and conquering all hell so that I could know you. And thank you that you want to silence the storms in my life. And thank you when I'm in the midst of the storm, you want to walk with me and empower me and give me peace right there in the middle of it. Thank you for this gift of salvation I can never earn. Before we open our eyes, with everybody just keeping their eyes closed for a minute, I want to pray for you this week if you prayed that prayer. You don't have to do this, but if you would like prayer this week and you, you for the very first time put your trust in Jesus tonight, would you just look at me? No one else is looking at you. Anybody here do that tonight so I could be praying for you? Awesome. Amazing. Anybody else? Awesome. Anybody else? Great. Great. Thank you, God. God, we thank you for all those tonight that have put their trust in you. Thank you so much for these lives. And I pray that, Jesus, they will see you, experience you, know you, walk with you, and be empowered by you. You're an awesome God, and we love you in your name.